Hey there. Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive, mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to today's episode. This interview was so great, Nicole. Oh, I know. Well, Ashley has just like this amazing way of taking complex, in-depth material and just making it a lot easier to understand. Yeah. Well, so the episode, you guys, was Ashley Tracy, and she does astrology. And so it's all about, like, what is astrology? What is your chart? How to kind of read into it? And she also talked about the astrology this coming month with Mercury retrograde. And, you know, everyone freaks out about that. Um, And what that means and, like, how you can navigate that. Yeah, and I think it was good to just have a different take on mercury retrograde because i think everyone like you said does freak out about it and it's really not meant to be like that like it doesn't have to be this negative time it can really be just like a time to go inward and i didn't know that mercury retrograde is different for each person depending on their chart right so i thought that was really cool how she was able to explain like specifically for my chart, what it meant for me. Right. And like if you were born during retrograde, it's actually like an amazing time for you. Yeah. Which I quick went on my app and I was like, ooh, was I retrograde? No. No, I wasn't either. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) I know. But I think like you said, it's like, I mean, look, everything comes in seasons. Like the seasons, you know, even weather-wise, like there's times to be – more like you're saying inward and reflective and like slow down and reassess and there's times to be in action. So I think it just makes sense. Yeah, I think so too. And I also liked how, you know, we, you could do like part one, part two, part three of all of this. And I might do that with her cause she's totally open to it because yeah. we, we really just got into like a lot of the basics and like what a birth chart is. And, and then there's like the 12 houses and then there's, I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. So so much. I know. It's overwhelming to me. And it's funny because she has, you know, I would say advised there's like better times to do things than others based on your chart. And sometimes I'll be like, all right, Matt, well, we can't do this until this day because of the moon. And he's like, oh, boy, too many details. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, it seems like super woo woo and out there. But honestly, a lot of it is really based in science. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is based with like math and these different degrees that the planets are at. That's what I was going to say, too, because I love like she also just makes it sound like normal. Mm-hmm. You know how you listen to some people talk about this stuff and it's like, yeah, okay, like, what right. planet are you on? Right. And she's just like, no, this is like what it is. And you're like, oh. <laughs> right. Well, like, some I think she's a great normalizer. Astrology are sort of on different planets. Well, <laughs> literally. Right. And, and, right. and that's good, too, because I feel like 
like she was saying, everybody sort of has a different lens that they look through when they're giving a reading or giving, you know, looking at your chart. And so it's nice to have someone who's just like, what this means practically is this instead of like, but I I feel like she's a good normalizer. Like she could go on like good morning America and talk about astrology and the general public would be like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, totally. Like she does it in a way that's easy to receive, which I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So we're really excited guys. Have a listen as always, share your comments. Um, if you feel called, go give us a rating. Uh, we'd love to see what you guys think. Yeah. And if you guys are looking to boost your health this season uh, during retrograde when you're going inward and doing all your journaling, check out one of our favorite companies called Further Foods. So Further Foods, they have beautiful, they're very well known for their um, collagen but they also have matcha and other wonderful elixirs you guys can check out. They're amazing quality. They give back. They're women-owned, which we love. So you can check them out at their website, Further Foods. And if you use our coupon code, Coffee with the Docs, at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. So check it out, Further Foods, with the coupon code, Coffee with the Docs. Awesome. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everyone. Coffee with the Docs. I'm psyched because today I'm interviewing my friend, Ashley Tracy. Hi, Ashley. Oh. Hi. <laughs> I was like, wait, can you hear me? Are we already having technical difficulties? I can't. No. Oh, not. gosh, Mercury retrograde shadow period. <laughs> I know. I'm like, is that, wait, what do you call it? The what period? The shadow period. Stop. So it's it's there's a shadow there's a shadow period before it happens. Um about, you know, I would say about two weeks, a week and a half before, and then a shadow period after. So it's like it's like starting to slow down, you know? And then so you start to notice a few little things. And then when it's retrograde, it's like really like just slowing and, and kind of going backwards and I'm putting air quotation marks as I'm saying that. Um, because it doesn't actually go backwards. And then after it goes direct, it kind of takes a little time to catch up to its normal speed. So there's these shadow periods before and after. Wow, that's super interesting. You know, what's funny is a couple of things have happened where I was like, "It's we've got to be in retrograde already. And then I'm like, look, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, you know what? It's not Halloween yet. Because doesn't it go retrograde on Halloween? It does. Yeah, that's like really kind of eerie, isn't it? It's kind of fun, though, you know, because it's retro. It's going retrograde in the sign of Scorpio, which, like, if there's any sign that represents Halloween, it's Scorpio. I know, and I'm full-blown Scorpio, as you know, and I, like, despise Halloween. <laughs> I hate people wearing masks. It freaks me out. I think I think maybe part of that's more karmically related, maybe. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I have tons of fall decorations up, but not one is actually like Halloween ish. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I don't really like scary. I don't really like scary stuff either. Like, I don't like decorating with like skeletons. But man, do I love putting like the witches inside, like putting all the witch stuff out there. I'll I'll do that. Yeah, well, that's right. You were telling me about that sign that you put up. What did it say mm-hmm. again? The witch. Say it. The witches. The witch, well, one sign was it's October witches, and my husband's like, you can't put that up in the neighborhood. I'm like, I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with that sign. It's really PG. Um, it's and then really the one PG. that I have on my, 
It's really PG. And yeah. then the one I have on my door says the witch is in. I like it. No. That would be like a good like mm-hmm. office sign for you at some point with your astrology. I'll just keep it. I'll keep it all year round. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay, so clearly we're talking about astrology today. Um, Ashley, why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll chat about what we're cozying up to while we're recording today. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'm Ashley Tracy and um, I run uh, Soul Centered Astrology. So what that is, is it's a practice that looks at astrology for a tool of self-awareness and looking at karmic pieces of your birth chart, which we'll get into what a birth chart is. And then basically all of the planetary placements that you have when you're born and how that really plays a role in your path and this life and your soul's purpose. And so it's really a deep dive into getting to know yourself a little better and getting to connect with your soul and then learning how to navigate life and all of the obstacles that we face. Yeah. I love it. I feel like I've been kind of like into astrology for the last like, I don't know, eight years is probably when I had my first chart read. But I feel like the way that you explain it and go into it and your viewpoint on it, because I feel like a lot of astrologers kind of can look at things differently or through their own sort of filter. And I just find like your approach to be like really easily digestible and I can like completely understand and get what you're talking about. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, every astrologer, it's like reading something or taking a class. We're all going to interpret something differently. And with astrologers, we all are learning very similar information, but what resonates with us and how we interpret that and help our clients relate to it uh, is really just kind of specific and unique to each individual astrologer. And so for me, I know it's all of my Sagittarius energy. I have a moon in Sag, just like, just like you. And, um, you know, being the natural teacher, you know, that, that archetype of being able to teach something. And I remember, you know, going back and when I was in school and just, wanting to be able to relate to the information that someone is giving to me, give me like real life experience examples and things like that. Don't just tell me all the facts, you know? Yeah. No, so definitely. I really think that it has a lot to do with the astrologers, you know, way of interpreting the chart and this, their way of teaching it yeah. to other people. And that's what I always say to my clients. It's like, I'm not just like speaking at you. We're having a conversation. Yeah. And that's important. I love that. Okay, before we dive deep, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're each drinking and then what our latest biohack is, which really could be anything. And I kind of love it because when I talk with Dr. Abby or like a practitioner's, ours are like always really sciencey and nerdy. And so I'm kind of excited to know what yours is. So I'll start. I'm just drinking. We're in the afternoon here and Ashley and I were discussing how we're both like just a little tired today and I am just doing decaf which now is like why didn't I do caffeine but whatever I'm doing decaf Americano with Khalifa Farms they have like a almond like hazelnut creamer it's really good I've been very disappointed in them they have like one batch of their pumpkin spice creamers and they've been like sold out everywhere for the last like month and I'm like it is still 
pumpkin season. Like, <laughs> how did they not prepare for this? <laughs> what, are, what are they like putting out all the like peppermint stuff now? Because isn't that like peppermint one, the Christmassy? Yeah, kind of totally. Bad? That's that's not happening quite yet, which is like, I mean, cool. Because I feel like I still got three more weeks of like pumpkin spice in me. So they need to, they need to figure that out. But anyways, so it's super simple today. What are you drinking? Well, you know, I'm normally a decaf drinker anyways, because I, I don't need extra caffeine at all. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> But I've been really loving um, mud water, which is this awesome mix of chai, cacao, medicinal mushroom, turmeric, and cinnamon, and it's kind of got a little spice to it. So very similar to you, like the pumpkin-y spice kind of flavor. Yeah. But I love it because it's a, it's a, a little bit of caffeine and then a boost um, from the uh, lion's mane, reishi, all of that, the, the medicinal mushrooms, which you would know a lot about. Um, <laughs> and I'm loving it. And so, and then I just, I doesn't need anything in it. I mean, I have a little bit of nut pods that I put in there. Oh, but that's I love nut it. pods. Yeah. So is it just like, is this, does it come as like a powder and it's just like you mix with warm water or is it like a bag or what does it look it, like? It comes as a, it comes as a, and it's awesome tin and they give you this little like machine stir or frothy thing. And, um, yeah, you just mix it with water and, and it's good to go. I mean, I've tried a bunch of different types of, you know, mushroom elixirs and I really love the flavor of this one a lot and like, and the, how I feel when I drink it. Yeah, that's really good to know. I think I'm going to check it out. Mud water. Okay, cool. All right, latest biohack. I feel like I don't really have anything new right now, so I'll just go with... No, I do have something new, which just popped up. So I bought a... I know. I bought a biomat like three weeks ago. Do you know what those are? Isn't that the one that has like the amethyst in them? Yes. And the heat? Yeah. It has mm-hmm. like amethyst and you can like put like put up a temperature so it can be like warmer. And it it's like I'm going to do a totally bad job explaining this. So I'm just going to make sure that I list it like in the show notes like what it is so you guys can look it up cuz I'm not super familiar with everything, but I know that it emits like a certain frequency that's really healing to the body and it promotes circulation. And basically when you have improved circulation, everything improves. Detox improves, energy improves. I mean, circulation is extremely important. So I've just been, you know, like if I'm sitting and working, I'm sitting on it. If I'm like, all right, I'm gonna chill and watch like a show, then I'm sitting on it. I've been kind of addicted. And I feel like it is really good at kind of like you know, after like you've been somewhere and you're kind of hyped up, maybe it's like a bunch of patients or like for you, it's a bunch of clients or events or something. And you just need to like wind down. I feel like it helps to do that a lot faster and then keeps my like body feeling like warm and energized. I don't know. I like kind of love it. That sounds amazing. I feel like I'm going to come over to your house and Use your infrared sauna and lay on your biomat whenever I need to like You refresh. should. I'm like slowly just making my house like a clinic (laughs) i'm like come sauna come biomat and i think that oh and i have a brain tap but aside from that i mean i know you should come over we'll have like a spa day i'm actually kind of kicking myself that i didn't have us record in person because 
Ashley lives nine minutes away from me, which is the closest that anybody lives away from me. (laughs) (laughs) And we're both at home right now recording this. I know. It's so dumb. All right. Next time we do this, we'll do this in person for sure. Because Ashley and I both kind of live out in the boonies, which is hilarious because that is why we're friends. Because our mutual friend was like, you two are the only people I know who live out there. So you should meet. (laughs) It wasn't even like you guys like the same stuff or me. You know, it was literally like just by like location. Yeah. And little did Jackie know we're very much alike. I know. She probably does know that on like some deep level. But yeah. Anyways. All right. What is your biohack? You know, we were talking about how we, we've been like not feeling 100% the last couple of days. Uh, I really love, it's a local company to Colorado. It's called Wish Garden Herbs. And they make this kick-ass immune like tincture that you take. You can mix with water, mix with juice. And as soon as I start feeling like crap, I take it. And it completely speeds up, um, you know, and gets that immune system going. And I'll tell you, it keeps me from getting like knocked down sick a lot of the time. And it's my go-to. I always have a bottle in my fridge. And I know you can buy it locally in Colorado, but you can also get it online. But it's it's my favorite. They also make a get over it. Like once you've gotten sick and you like have sinus congestion, it's natural herbs that are used to help kind of loosen it up. So you don't have to take, you know, over the counter stuff. That's I love their names. It's literally mm-hmm. called kick-ass immune support or something, right? Yeah, it's kick-ass immune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then get over it. Get is, over it. Get over it is <laughs> like to help you with like congestion. Right. I feel like you could use that for so many things. Like, oh, just get mm-hmm. over it already. I mean, it could be. It's just like a tincture for everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's all herbs, natural stuff, and it's really, really wonderful. So they make yeah. a whole bunch of different things. But those are my go-tos right now yeah i need to check it out do they have a store around here no i don't think so yeah i think it's just produced here and then they sell to like other places yeah i'm gonna have to check it out awesome all right so why don't you start by telling us how you got into the magical world of astrology well of course i'll start and tell you that this isn't my first lifetime doing astrology. And for all of you listening, you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, when I first saw a birth chart, it's like, oh, this makes sense to me. Like, oh, when I started looking at an astrology book, when I was eight years old, I was really fascinated by astrology. My mom had some tarot cards and astrology book, like hidden away in her like drawer and I would pull them out. And it just, I was fascinated. And I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. You know, wow. then fast forward, life happens. You go to college um, you know, I studied biology, chemistry, you know, big science nerd, and um, very left brain. And um, then, you know, it was when I moved out to Colorado, and I was really going through a lot of like, self discovery and healing. I got back into astrology, I started looking at my own birth chart and just diving into myself and wanting to get to know who I am, and why I react the way I do and what drives me emotionally. And you know, in relationship and, you know, then going into the karmic piece, you know, how, where my soul has been, where it wants to go this lifetime and just helping me get some answers because I was feeling kind of lost, you know, happening to be going through my Saturn return at the age of 29 that everybody goes through at that time. So it was like just a really divine moment of shift, pivot, 
head down this direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been doing astrology as a business now for like two and a half years. Uh, and it's been really wonderful to connect with so many people. But that's really the origin story of um, me and astrology. So in it's, this lifetime. It's really neat that, so do you find, like, is that something we can all kind of relate to? Like if there's something as like a child or something that you gravitate to that you're like, wow, like you just completely get it. And it makes sense that most likely we've done it in a past life. Yeah, most likely it's probably part of your karmic story. It's part of where your soul has been. Um, One of the things that, you know, when I do readings, I explain to clients that karma isn't just like the definition that we have today, where you do something bad to somebody, something bad's going to happen to you. It's so much deeper. It's so much deeper than that. It's you're carrying over from previous lifetimes, you know, jobs that you used to do, things that you have an affinity for that you can't explain in this lifetime, like why you're drawn to certain locations in around the world, like uh, really want to travel to this one spot. And when you're there, you feel a certain way. Um, we call that astro cartography when you kind of look Ooh. at that in your chart. But when we're talking about karma, it's, yeah, these are things that we've done before. Our soul remembers, right? It's in our DNA, right, of our soul. If we were to talk about it from a science perspective, like it's in our soul's DNA. And um, yeah, and so a lot of times, there's things that and we're drawn to and there's people we're drawn to. So you can say it outside of just, you know, you know, what you're good at or what you're really interested in. It's also people that you connect with. And right. so all of these are, are part of your karmic story, like what your soul recognizes. Yeah, it's like that those soul connections that you have like I felt like with you when we first met, uh, you know, we were like, mm-hmm. oh, we've totally known each other before. Or For sure. I say like my, the way that I met my husband, which was like, felt very karmic and out of the blue. And so it's interesting. Like, I think people can relate to that, even if sometimes they don't always have like the words for it or something sounds like a little too woo woo. It's like you, people have had those times, by the way, this is a woo woo podcast. So like nothing you say is like too, (laughs) it's like too much. We're like, we're like the science and woo woo podcast. I feel like I'm going to have to explain to her our new theme but we do we love talking about past lives and all of that stuff and then we also you know geek out on science stuff but it's kind of like who's to say that I mean you wouldn't say that astrology isn't based in science right I mean astrology seems pretty scientific to me in a lot of ways absolutely it's the perfect combination of science and woo woo because you're looking at astrology being the most ancient language there is in the sense of Back to the Babylonians, like they used astrology to create calendars and, you know, same thing with the Mayans. And like they looked at the celestial events to kind of determine when they're going to plant things, you know, when when we're going to harvest. And so that's why we have all those different times, you know, during the year, you know, harvest moon, all these things, you know, even the Native American cultures. And so when we're talking about creating a birth chart and where you're talking about doing an astrological reading, I'm looking at the geometric angles the planets are making in the sky, the time of your birth. Like there's science, there's math, there's all of that mixed in. And then there's the interpretation that goes deeper, right? So it's that perfect mix. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I always tell people, my, my mission is to like demystify, you know, astrology. It's not just reading a horoscope in a magazine or online and just saying like, Oh, that doesn't relate to me. This isn't true because that's, 
your birth chart, your personal astrology is so much more than a general horoscope. And the horoscope can only give you like an overview of what may be what you're experiencing. But again, it's not specific to you. So the horoscopes, I love, you know, people getting into astrology via those, but understanding that there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that astrology is just their horoscope. And yeah, yeah, and it's like, no, like, that's not at least the more I've gotten into it. It's just like, oh, my gosh, that's like, that's like, not that's not even the same thing. No, horoscopes are what's transiting, which we'll talk about later, when I give the example of Mercury retrograde, but it's what's transiting around you, where your birth chart doesn't ever change. It's it's specific to you from the down to the exact second of your birth. Wow. Right. So a lot of people, I think people are very familiar with their sun signs. I don't know if they think they're always called their sun signs, but I think generally speaking, if you're like, what's your birthday? What sign are you? People know my birthday is November 17th and I'm a Scorpio, right? Like even if people yeah. don't really know what a Scorpio means or what a, you know, cancer means, it's like, they they generally speaking know what that that is. And I guess I like a big question is some people can really relate to it. They're like, yeah, everything I've read about my sign makes total sense to me. And then you've met those people who are like, I don't know, I'm supposed to be a Gemini, but like none of this really relates. So I guess explain that a little bit. Like are our sun signs accurate? Yes and no. Okay. So yes in the sense of they are accurate to describe what the sun describes for you in astrology. And so, for example, the sun in astrology relates to your identity, how you shine out into the world. It also relates to like your energetic force in the sense of what feeds your vitality because the sun is our solar system's energetic source, right? So it's the same thing when we look at our sun sign as to what's feeding us, in the sense of giving us energy and also then how are we able to take that energy and kind of shine out into the world. So to answer the question, you know, what's my identity? Who am I? Like that's very sun energy, Mm. but that's only one piece of the astrological puzzle because the sun is the what, right? The planet is the what, and for the sun, it's identity. Then you go into the moon sign, right? And then you go into Mars and then you go into Mercury and Venus and all of these different planets have different placements in zodiac signs, in zodiac, um, in houses of the birth chart when you're born. And so, for example, we call inner planets the sun through Saturn. And so we have the sun, the moon, we have Mercury, we have Mars, we have Venus, then we have Jupiter, then we have Saturn. These all relate to um, especially the sun through, you know, Venus, um, uh, relate to personality traits, mm. things that represent, for example, Mercury is how you learn and communicate, how you mentally process things and communicate where Venus is how you attract what you desire. It's your core value system. And then Mars is what drives you, what motivates you, what, um, how do you pursue your goal? And then you have Jupiter is like, well, how do you expand and grow? And then Saturn is, how are you learning through the structure and organization? And, you know, Jupiter and Saturn, we start to integrate a little bit more with other people where, you know, the other inner planets, Mars, Mercury, Venus, the sun and the moon are more specific to kind of 
our personality and individuality. And then you move out to the outer planets. We call these the invisible planets because we can't see them from the naked eye on Earth. We need a telescope. And that's Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And that more so relates to something hidden that we cannot see, like more spiritual, in a sense, so more unconscious right? Uh, when we're, we're talking from a psychological perspective. And so when we say I am a Libra or I am a Scorpio, um, that's okay in the sense of you're correct in saying that that your son is in Scorpio, right? That would right. be the language that, that an astrologer uses. My son is in Scorpio, right? You could say I'm a Scorpio, but there's some many individuals that will have their son in one sign and all of these other planets and other signs, and they may relate to that other sign more, especially when you have what we call in astrology is a stellium in your chart, which is when you have a group of planets clustered together um, in a sign, that is going to be more prevalent than just your sun if they differ. And so for you, for example, you have, you know, your sun in Scorpio, but you also have your Jupiter, your Mercury, your rising. So you have a lot of Scorpio energy. So you're going to relate to Scorpio because you have a lot of planetary points and very important angles of your birth chart in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Where, for example, I'll use my husband. He's a Sagittarius sun, but he's got a lot of Capricorn planets in Capricorn. And for me, when, when you know I met him, I'm like, hmm, I know you're a Scorpio sun, but there, there's got to be a bunch of Earth in there somewhere. Like something's going on, like, because right. you're not fitting this description, you know, so many people don't completely relate to their sun sign, but some do, depending upon, for example, you, where you have a lot of, of your inner planet in the sign that your sun is in. Same thing with me. I have a sun in Libra and I have a ton of inner planets in Libra. So I absolutely relate to Libra. Um, but again, it can be different for other people. So that's where getting to understand your birth chart comes into play. Yeah, it's really interesting. So it's like the sun, whatever sign your sun is in, that's sort of how you that's your identity in terms of like how other people see you. Is that what you were saying? Like how you present yourself to the world? It's kind of how you shine out how other people see you is more so your rising sign. Um, Your sun sign is more so what's feeding your energy. So for example, right, we'll go with you with your sun and Scorpio. Scorpio is a water sign. It's a fixed water sign. It's very deep, very kind of getting to the soul of the matter. So what feeds you is having these deep conversations with someone, right? It really is important for you to kind of get to the root of it. Same thing in your practice when you're working with your clients. Like you're wanting to get to the root of what's going on. Like Mm -hmm. what's what's the underlying cause, not the surface level. Because Scorpio doesn't do surface level, okay? They go deep. I need you um, to like explain that to my husband. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> He's like, can't we just talk about like trucks for like? No, <laughs> I can't. No, do you it. lost me. Like, <laughs> let's say let's say you're at a let's say you're at a dinner party, you know, and everyone at the table is just keeping conversation so surface level, maybe really superficial, and you're sitting over there like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I just can't be here. Like, yeah. I'm feeling drained. You're feeling drained. So. You know that when people say, I feel drained after I do this, that's your sun sign a lot working in that sense of your energetic force is kind of being depleted because you're not filling it up with what works for you. And oh, for you, so interesting. what works what works for you is, you know, connecting with people on a deeper level. 
you know, for example, I'm a Libra son. If I worked from home every single day by myself and like didn't interact with people, I would be completely depleted of energy because I need connection because mm-hmm. Libra is all about connecting with other people and like being social, you know? So that's where, and again, that's one tiny piece of the puzzle, but it does help explain that, you know, what feeds your energetic uh, vitality and your energy force. Yeah, that's really interesting. Let's, before we dive into the birth chart, let's talk about, um, can you go in a little bit of the moon sign too? I'd like, I think people find that interesting as well. Oh, yes. Um, So if the sun is your identity, the moon is the soul behind the identity. So it's your inner world. It's the part of yourself that you oftentimes don't lead with, right? We're not oftentimes leading with our moon sign. We're leading with our sun sign when we're interacting with people. And um, it's how we react emotionally. It's very much tied to childhood memories, our subconscious memory, um, things that we are not showing people on an everyday. So our moon sign is what emotionally drives us, how we nurture ourselves, how we kind of fulfill the needs that we need for our inner world and for us to feel secure and for us to feel, you know, connected to ourselves um, on that soulful level, right? So it's the soul behind the identity. And we look at our moon sign to see, you know, when do we feel good, right? What are we doing in life that feeds our moon sign? And so that, you know, is also kind of shaped by where it falls within your birth chart as well. Now I tell people mm-hmm. the stereotype of, and or the saying that the crazy comes out during a full moon, <laughs> that comes from during a full moon, the moon is fully illuminated, right? Like we can see it full in the sky. Mm-hmm. Same thing is happening to your inner world. It's the time during the month that you, there's like the, the veil between like the sun and the moon it is lifted and it's just there's there's just like if you were to think of like a posture of like pushing your heart forward like opening your heart that's very much what you know the visual that comes to mind during a full moon and that oftentimes what we're normally stuffing down and keeping hidden if we're not addressing our emotions comes out during that time because your moon is illuminated Ooh. oh that's so neat okay so we we both have our moon in Sagittarius right yes yes Okay, so what is what does that mean? Like what what does Sag mean in that way? Sagittarius is a fire sign. It's a mutable fire sign. Mutable meaning it likes change. It's flexible, it's adaptable. Fire signs are all about taking action and inspiration. It's very much fires related to spirit. And mm. it's it's likes excitement. It likes adventure. And Sagittarius needs freedom to explore, expand, and grow. And, you know, having a moon in Sag is having the need to not be like confined Mm -hmm. in a way, but to be able to, if you want to go experience this and learn this type of modality, do it, right? If you want to, you know, take this course or go travel here, um, it's, it's do it and be confident in what you're doing. And, you know, take it all in and then be able to share what you've learned by experience with other people. And that's where the teacher side of Sagittarius comes in. So it's I need the freedom to explore, expand my knowledge, 
for me to grow as a soul and then for me to come back and then share with other people, share a message and, and basically share my truth, not saying you need to believe this, but this is what I've learned. If it resonates with you, great. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Oh, okay. And then, okay, so our moon is both in, both of our moons are in Sagittarius. And then our moon is then in a specific place on our birth chart, correct? And then that says more even deeper about that. Yeah, if you're going to look at the language of astrology, I mentioned earlier that the planets are the what. So what's happening? What's the fundamental human need? The sign is how is it happening? How is it expressed? Think of that as more of what style of expression. And then the houses of your birth chart represent what area of life is it happening? Where are you going to kind of feel it the most? If we're talking about the moon sign, for example, where are we going to feel that the most? And so the the houses of astrology in our birth chart, and um, that represents where is it happening? So different areas of our life. Okay, got it. So I think, if I remember correctly, my son is in Scorpio and it's in my first house. Correct. So the first, and we don't have to go, I know there's 12 houses. We don't have to go through every one. But let's say like the first house, how, it's kind of interesting. So like my son is in my first house and that, and what does that mean? Yeah, so the sun is in the first house, which is the house of identity, which is the house of, um, think about it as it's the first house of the zodiac wheel in the sense of being born, right? It represents I'm birthed into this body, into this life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's represented by the sign of Aries. Aries rules, Aries and Mars rule the first house. So it's a lot about, um, we call it a cadent house too. It's about taking action. Okay. So it's about a rebirth, a new beginning and discovering who I am. And so it's a very much a house of self, right? So it's dealing with yourself. It's not really mixing and mingling with other people yet. Okay. This is, we think about a baby. They're learning about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They're discover they're creating their identity. And yes, other people are involved, but it's very much this house of self. It also relates to the physical body. It relates to your self-image. It relates to, like I've already said, new beginnings, starting something new, taking action. And so having your son in the first house um, further kind of you know, solidifies this desire to answer the question of who am I? What's my identity? But having your son in Scorpio in the first house is on a deeper level. Like, let's go beyond the image and go into the soul. Right. right. And um, that's a, a big part of having a son in Scorpio in the first house is that a lot of your identity will be tied to the expression of how, which is the expression of Scorpio, which is a deeper, more emotional and, and, and more intense Um, It's a very magnetic sign, Scorpio. um, Oftentimes people are drawn to Scorpio energy because they don't know how to read it because it's so deep and and so kind of intense that oftentimes people aren't living on that level, right, or or interacting with strangers on that level. So it's hard to be able to read somebody that quickly. However, you can do it because of all your Scorpio energy. So um, that's kind of 
how we put the language together and form our sentence when we're reading a birth chart. So interesting. And thank you for using that as an example. I've had some other people explain it, but that was, it it really sounds exhausting. (laughs) I'm like, oh boy, it's just like sinking in that Scorpio nature, right? Yeah, with it already being in the first house. So explain a little bit. I mean, I know you've kind of touched on it a bunch of different times, but kind of explain a little bit about what the birth chart with all of the houses. um, Yeah, like, what does it all mean? Sure. Yeah. So at the exact moment of your birth, you know, when we do a birth chart, we need time and place of birth. um, And obviously date of birth. And um it's like taking a snapshot of the sky and it's saying, how are all the planets aligned within the zodiac constellations that make up our, our solar system, right? Like within our solar system. And because all of these planets are, or, including Earth, we're orbiting around the sun, right? We're, all of these planets are orbiting around the sun. What we're saying from the vantage point of Earth, if we were to look at the sky, we then kind of separate it into these like pie segments. And that's where we get the the different um, sections or houses of the wheel we call the zodiac wheel or the birth chart. And so if you were to look up in the sky when you were born, right? So, and it says the moon is traveling in the constellation and orbiting in the constellation from the vantage point of earth. We can, how it looks to us in Sagittarius, how Jupiter looks to us when you were born from the vantage point of earth is in Scorpio. And it's here in this point, this piece of the pie. And so, and this house. And so that's kind of the technical piece of it. Mm -hmm. And then when you're looking, when you're going and reading the birth chart, um, time of birth is really important because there's a very important angle in the chart that sets the tone for where everything falls. And that's your ascendant or what we call our rising sign. And that's the zodiac constellation that was on the Eastern horizon when you were born. And that makes up what we call the ascendant. And so, for example, if someone was born at nighttime, so when the sun is below the horizon, the sun would actually be below the rising and the ascendant and descendant line below the horizon line. If you were born during the day, your sun would be, above. And so um, that's when some people say they have a nighttime chart or a daytime chart, depending upon time of birth. And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, from a visual standpoint, it's kind of easy to say, oh, I know I was born at night, therefore, my son must be below that. So my son is either in house one, two, three, four, five, or six. Okay, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so a birth chart really is just like, taking a snapshot of the sky and then being able to put it down in, in 2d for us to read. Now from a self-awareness standpoint, the birth chart, the placements of the planets in the birth chart, like I said, it's like your custom tool set. It's very purposeful. Your birth time and when you're born, where you're born is very purposeful for the fact that your soul said, Nicole, you need to have all of this Scorpio energy in your first house, okay? You need to have that there because that's going to be important for you to fulfill your dharma, like your soul's path, your purpose in this lifetime. I mean, isn't that so? So it's almost like all these little babies that are born, they've like 
chosen, right? Basically a time and place to be born so that their chart can be set up in a certain way that allows them to therefore have a purpose and whatever their path is for that lifetime. I mean, that's, that's what the belief is, right? Yeah. And, you know, if that resonates with people, great. And if it doesn't, you know, there's other ways to explain it as well. But yes, for the type of astrology that I do, um, in a lot of astrologers, it's purposeful that your soul has chosen that date and time um, to happen. So, you know, all of you mothers out there who are waiting for it to happen and like maybe past your due date and all they said, trust me, there's, there's a reason. I always joke with my mom. So I was 10 days early and out within like an hour or so. And that fits my personality. It's like, um, I need to be a Libra. Okay, I can't be a Scorpio, but I need to be a Libra. And I need to have these these placements. So like my soul was like, let's do it. You know, that's so, so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just one piece of it. But I always kind of think it's really interesting when you when you do a reading with a client, it just how it just resonates and makes sense. And just I always tell people too, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. I think when you awareness. Yeah. Like when you explain, you know, the aspects of like Scorpio and my son, like in my son and then in my first house, I can totally relate to so many of those things. So I think it like gives it verbiage. It kind of, I don't know, it's almost like somebody else like can see you in that way. Like you, you, you like see me in, a, in that way that maybe I don't always understand, but you're able to put like more verbiage to it, which is really cool. Yeah. And that's why for me, number one explanation of astrology is just basically a tool of self-awareness. Yeah. Which is, which is really cool. So within like looking at a chart, you know, one of my questions was like, can astrology predict the future? Like, can it, does it kind of tell you like, oh, you might best be in this type of career field or like you might have this really tough thing happen to you or this is a good time for something to change in your career? Like, is it, is the energy just sort of setting up for it might happening or can it kind of predict what, like predict the future? When you look at a birth chart and all the components and all of the planetary placements and and angles and aspects that everything makes, there's a story, you know, and there's themes that come through, as I already mentioned with the karmic themes, but there's also points in the chart that we can look at specifically to say, you know, if someone, I actually have a lot of clients that come to me and feel like I'm just at this crossroads and like this point in my life where, you know, I'm not sure how to move forward, what I'm meant to do, like what's my purpose. And the number one thing I say is every, every soul's purpose is growth. It's okay. Let's define your path, you know, and um, we can look at different parts. For example, there's the cusp of the 10th house in the Zodiac wheel is called the Midheaven. And that 10th house represents, you know, our, our calling, our mission, our career, um, our public image, you know, how we want to be seen by the world. And that angle called the midheaven, you look to that to see, well, what sign is um, on the midheaven? Because that gives me an idea of the themes that your soul could choose to, you know, the path they could choose to take um, to get to where, you know, ultimately to carry out the purpose of growth. And so, again, there's different manifestations of what that could look like. So we look at the rest of the chart. We look at the 
the Mars to how do you approach um, going after what you want, tackling your goals. Venus, how do you manifest? How do you attract what you want? Um, you know, we look at Saturn. What are some of the lessons you're you're going to have in this lifetime to help you get there? So there's a lot of pieces that you can put together. But again, um, when it comes to determining the future of like what is going to happen, that's a question I get a lot in the sense of I can tell you what the energy and the planetary energy is around you at that time. And that's where transits come in because we're looking at how the transiting planets around us, like right now, the moon just entered into Libra. We would look to where that falls in correlation to your birth chart, because remember your birth chart does not change. It's constant. Always It's the same. You're born with it. You die with it. It's the same. And the transiting planets move all the time around us. And so we can tell you what the energy is like, but we can't say this is going to exactly happen on this date and this is what's going to happen because we are souls and every single soul has free will. Totally. There's no way to 100% predict the future with astrology. It's just saying this would be a good time to do something, right? Like that's often the verbiage that I use is this would be a great time to do this, this, and this based on the energy of the planets around you. Got it. So a transit is when like you were using the moon, for example, it's transiting into Libra, right? And would you Mm -hmm. look then as to see like what house you would look to see like what house the moon is in for you? Or how would you how do you apply, I guess, like the transiting planets to your birth chart? Yeah, so I would say, you know, transit, you know, someone who is not an astrologer to kind of get into transit, it it does take a little bit. And I would definitely work with an astrologer or, you know, there's some great self-study books out there. But the first thing first is pull up your birth chart first. Go to astro.com. It's one of the best free resources out there for birth charts and also looking at transiting planets around your birth chart. Mm -hmm. Look at your birth chart. And then once you have an understanding of your birth chart, then I would start working with transit. Um, the moon is probably the easiest one because the moon travels through a zodiac sign every two and a half days. So it's very quick comparative to the sun takes 30 days. Um, you know, then you have Pluto, which can take 20 years, you know. So wow. the further out, we, further out we go, the slower moving the planet. And so transit... Um, are easy once you kind of have the good basis of understanding your chart. And then you can see, okay, I know that, for example, if the moon just entered Libra, Libra falls within my, for example, eighth house, you know, you know, ninth house, you know, because it can go through multiple houses based on, you know, the degrees. And I know what that house means and that house means. So maybe this area of my life is, is going to kind of be influenced by the moon being in Libra. Okay, got it. Is it any stronger with, like, let's say you said the moon can go into a new, do you say a new planet or a new house every two days, two and a half days? New new sign. New sign. Okay. So does that have more of an effect than, say, something that moves super slow like Pluto or is all kind of relative? So the faster moving planets you're going, they're going to be quick, like more on a daily kind of interaction, like something that's happening pretty, pretty 
you know, relatable to my physical reality. Like what's okay. going on, you know, as we dive into Mercury retrograde, you know, Mercury having to do with wanting to learn and communicate. That's, you know, what Mercury rules. So when there's a Mercury transit, you know, going through your, your certain house of your chart, then you would look like, oh, I'm really fascinated about learning about this, you know, mm -hmm. and or communicating with these people. Um, but then you have planets that are slower moving, like Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. We don't, and those are the invisible planets, we don't really feel those long-term transits like we do the shorter-term, like, personal planets. Because they take so long, we're looking at those are, like, like really big, significant life changes, right? Things that are happening on a grander scale that we're feeling more internally, like, on the unconscious level than anything. So with a Pluto transit, like, when... Pluto's transiting through a certain house, for example, that's going to be a long transit. So it's not going to be like you're going to have things happen to you every single day. It's going to be more of a transformation internally and like a big life shift, per se, than versus like your inner planets, which move pretty quickly. And then to add, you know, some confusion to everybody to, to this conversation, <laughs> we didn't <laughs> we didn't have to look at, well, what are the transiting planets? How are they interacting to the planets within your birth chart? Because if they're, you know, aligning with them or forming geometric angles, that adds to the story, too. Like, there's, it's so in-depth. Oh, my it gosh. so in-depth. And so it, for, for someone to grasp it pretty quickly, like, it, it takes a lot of study. And even myself, even though I understood it, I did have to study, you know, my chart. So, and to understand the inner workings of myself and how it relates to me so I could understand it better too. So that's where I always say, start with your birth chart, um, look it up, start exploring with it, find an astrologer that you resonate with. If you want to go deeper, there's also some really great books out there. If you like to self-study and there's a lot of resources out there. So start with your birth chart. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it's so fascinating. It, I think it's so I don't know. For me, it's so worth it to have somebody like you look at things and just give a different perspective or give language to something that's happening because it is, it seems so in depth to just be like, I'm a Scorpio. And then that's like, just like the tip of the iceberg, it seems. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, that's the, that's the general theme with when I start talking about it. I'm like, Oh, wow, there's so much more to it. And I'm like, Oh, yes, it's it's, and there's there's even more to it than we probably know right now. You know, we're we're just like science is always evolving. Astrology is evolving too, and we're learning about planets a little bit more, and we're validating a lot of the research out there because yes, astrologers do validate things based on you know their clients, and then working and having conversations with other astrologers and collaborating and and getting to understand and and really expand this language of astrology, which has evolved since it's you know, origin. Wow. So cool. Okay. So is there a transit you could give us an example for that's happening in my birth chart? Well, yeah, we're going to talk about Mercury retrograde because I believe at this point when it's airing, we're in the midst of Mercury retrograde and Mercury retrograde is probably the most common that people have heard because mm -hmm. there's so many social media memes out there about Mercury retrograde. And it, uh, I would think a lot of people get really scared about it. And so I often have to say it is not a scary thing. 
So let's explain, first of all, what Mercury represents. Mercury represents how we think and communicate, how we mentally process things, how we have conversation and dialogue, how we may write as well, um, how we communicate via social media, how we also, Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, the sign Gemini, which is an air sign. Uh, Mercury also rules Virgo, which is an earth sign. So there's this dual, this double expression of communication through speaking through written word. Speaking would be Gemini, writing would be Virgo. And mm. um, then Je Mercury rules the third house in astrology. And the third house represents all of the things I said, plus represents our siblings. Um, it represents um, how we get around our vehicles, how we communicate, technology, all of that. And so when a planet goes retrograde from the vantage point of Earth, when we look up into the sky, it appears to be moving backwards through the constellation. In reality, a planet never moves backwards. It just has a weird zigzag in its orbit. It mm -hmm. just looks like from the vantage point of Earth that it's moving backwards. And so, for example, starting October 31st on Halloween this year, the Mercury will be at 27 degrees of Scorpio. And its orbit will bring it back to 11 degrees of Scorpio. And then it'll go direct and go back all the way through to the end. So a planet stays in a sign for 30 degrees and from 0 to 29 degrees. And so it looks like from vantage point of Earth, like I said, it's moving backwards. It's just kind of zigzagging through the constellation. Now, what does that mean for how does a Mercury retrograde affect us? So since Mercury rules all of the things, communication, getting around, technology, thinking, when a planet goes retrograde, things kind of go inward. They slow down. They go air quotes backwards and they may not be having the forward momentum that we want them to have. Like things are going to maybe technology is going to have some glitches because it's kind of in this weird retrograde phase. And maybe our communication is our, we're going to mumble and our words are going to fumble over our words and they're not going to make sense or our email communications or that we're going to, have to spell check a lot to make sure that, you know, we're getting everything right. If you're working with contracts, you're going to want to triple check those contracts to make sure everything is good. Ideally, I would say, please don't sign a contract if you can help it during Mercury retrograde. But at the same time, sometimes we can't help it. So just do your due diligence and, and check it over again and again. Um, these are all the things that happens during Mercury retrograde. So that's wow. a general, like, would say that's a general kind of horoscope when I say things to do, not to do during Mercury retrograde. So to do, go inward. A lot of your mental thoughts and processes go deeper, especially since we're talking that Mercury is going to be in the sign of Scorpio, which if there's any point in your life to, you know, in any point in time during this year with Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, this is the time to look see the shadow side of things, go deeper into the soul and look at the stuff that you don't want to look at often. And so that you can transform it and maybe you can release some things. Maybe you can heal some things. Um, so there's a call to go inward, to reevaluate, to reset, um, to reflect, to redo. 
right? Anything that starts with a re, that's what you want to do during Mercury retrograde. Redo, reevaluate, reassess, rebrand. I tell entrepreneurs, like if you're going to rebrand, Mercury retrograde is a good time. It's not to launch your new brand. It's to reassess your brand and maybe look at, um, is my brand really aligned with my soul purpose and path, right? Wow. That would be a good question. That would be a good question for you entrepreneurs for this time. It's, is my brand, like how am I you know, thinking or communicating? What am I putting out there communication wise? Is it really aligned um, with, you know, my soul and, and you know, my purpose and, and my path and, and ultimately how I want to be um, perceived. And so that would be, kind of where we then look at the house that that's happening tells us a lot more of what area of life is going to come into focus during that time. And so for you, for example, mm-hmm. Merc- Mercury retrograde is transiting in your first house because your first house is chock full of Scorpio. And um, so you're going to, this time would be a really good time to reassess your image. Right. And, you know, Also, it's a great time to reassess your, like, how your physical, like, things having to do with your physical body. And this would be a really great time to go back and maybe redo something when it comes to, you know, your identity, your image. And then this wouldn't be a time to start a new type of workout, for example, if we're talking about the physical body. But this is a great time to go back to something that made you feel really good. Okay, so right. it's not like a newness. It's like maybe going no. back to something that felt. Think of it good as like body. a second chance. Oh, whoa. That's right? crazy. A second yeah. chance. Think of it like a second chance. And this is specific to, to your first house, right? Because the first house is new beginnings, right? So we're not saying start something new. So the opposite of that would be going back, having a second chance at something. Okay. Wow, that's really neat. Yeah. So first and house is new beginnings, but not in that way, in like a, like a second chance kind of way. Well, no, first house is new beginnings, but because we're talking about Mercury retrograde specifically, oh, during okay. retrograde, it's always about going back. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, oh, and redoing something. That's so um, interesting. And, and so for you, let's, you know, when I talked about looking at well, what happens when the transit aspects, you know, planets. For you, this Mercury retrograde is going to touch on your Sun, your Mercury, and your Jupiter. It's all going to align with those planets for you because all of those planets are in your first house in Scorpio. And so you're going to feel this even more so than somebody, let's say, that Mercury retrograde is transiting in a house that there's no planets there for them. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. 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 So there's going to be like an extra dose of kind of this Mercury retrograde. So it's definitely a good time to slow down a little bit too, right? Think about it in that sense of slowing down and, and reflecting on things and, and maybe going back and redoing projects or redoing, you know, you maybe reassessing your self-care regimen because your physical body is also represented um, by your ascendant and your, in your first house, but also your identity and um, going back and, you know, redoing something. And I would say the only caution when Mercury is transiting in your first house is don't do anything hasty when it comes to physical actions, right? Because 
like being taking crazy risks and doing like a crazy workout that you've never done before. Okay, got it. So nothing hasty. Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, okay, so we can be feeling the shadow of that, you said, up to two weeks before or 10 days before? Yeah, about two weeks before. And then the shadow period goes to about two weeks after because Mercury's starting to slow down before and then it's, you know, retrograding during the time of retrograde. And then it's having to pick up speed before it's like full steam ahead like it normally does when it's not in retrograde. So that's why there's those shadow periods. And then how long does it last? So it'll go from Halloween and then it'll go until what date? Nove- November 20th. Oh, oh, and my birthday's in there, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, that sounds like a long time. <laughs> For somebody who has a lot of planets in there, it's like the shadow period before the entire month of November, pretty much, and the shadow period after. So basically, I'll just talk to everybody in December, it sounds like. No, so, but you'll have some really deep conversations, though, with people during this time, right? Like, that's a good time to have those deep conversations that are, you know, where you're not saying, yes, I, I will uh, commit to something right now, but let's explore it and let's dive into it. Okay, got it. So somebody who has more planets like Scorpio and everything, but it wouldn't be necessarily everybody's first house, right? Oh no, it would no. be if they're a Scorpio. No, if it, it would be it. No, it would be if they were a Scorpio rising. Okay, got it. Yeah, and again, depending upon what degree, but yes. Um, so yeah, there's so much. It's really hard to kind of just say. Yes, it's going to be blanket statement for all these people. But if you're a Scorpio rising, um, that is going to be the first or 12th house, depending upon the degree is where, and those are completely different houses. So, yes. So it just depends on um, the, uh, the whole makeup of your birth chart. But in, in general, when you are starting to see these memes pop up with Mercury retrograde, don't be afraid. It's such a beautiful time. It happens three times a year. So it's really important, actually, to have that time to reassess and reevaluate. We need to check in with our inner world. And that's what Mercury Retrograde is saying. Check in with those thoughts. Check in with yourself. You know, it's like your thoughts direct your actions and then your behaviors and then your life. And so where are your thoughts for all of you? Where are your thoughts right now? Like, are they fear-based, right? Or... Are you surrendering to that? It's like there's so much that goes into it in general. And then you look at your house to say specifically, what area of my life can I really focus on kind of slowing down and reassessing? That's where the house comes in. That's so fascinating. And I'm, I'm glad that you're putting a positive spin on it because I do feel like a lot of people look at it negatively. And it's like we don't need another thing to like, be fear-based about walking into a period of time that lasts a long time, right? I mean, it just doesn't seem necessary. And there, in astrology, I say this to every client, there's no positive or negative. There's light and shadow. And as humans, we like, our goal is to balance light and shadow so that we integrate both. And they're both a part of who we are, right? Um, It's when we get too far into the shadow or when we too, you know, that's where we're getting too stuck into this, you know, the shadow part of our sign and our, our planetary placements. And that's where we kind of have to bring everything back into balance. And so there's no positive or negative. It's just 
it's purposeful, right? We have three Mercury retrogrades a year on purpose. And there's a time for us to slow down and a time for us to really reflect on things. And that's Mercury retrograde. You know, if we were go, go, go all the time, like we wouldn't, and we wouldn't be able to reconnect with our inner self and really reconnect. Um, and, you know, one thing I didn't mention, and I said this to many people, it's like, this goes a, a little bit further, but we can be born, obviously, with planets in retrograde. So someone can be born, and it's very common because it happens three times a year, can be born with Mercury retrograde in their birth chart hmm. or Mercury Mercury direct. You were not born with Mercury retrograde. Um, so what that means is from a personality um, standpoint, our mental processes and communication, if you were born with Mercury retrograde, are naturally going to be more inward. And so when Mercury retrogrades in transit, you actually like thrive during that time if someone was born with Mercury retrograde. Um, if they were born with Mercury direct, it's a little bit more awkward because you're not used to internalizing it. Got it. So it could be a super positive time for them or not positive, but yeah. like easier or whatever. Yeah. I mean, people who are born with Mercury retrograde and and then it's retrograding in transit, they're like, yes, I love slowing down. Yes, I love doing reevaluating, reassessing. This is my jam, you know? <laughs> and so, totally. So they're like, this is great. And then for all of us, you know, that have Mercury direct, it's like, oh, but I want to like take action and do this. And Mercury retrograde is like, well, I think you should wait a little bit. You know, yeah. wait till, you know, wait till mid-December. Chill out a little bit, you know? Yeah. You could take a break. Take a break. Right. So it doesn't mean necessarily like I'm going to become a hermit. It just means no. there's just more time for self-reflection and yeah, going back to something that maybe felt good at one point and reevaluating. Yes. Oh, it's so cool. I love it. Thank you so much for explaining all of this. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's going to be questions and we're going to have to do a part two. That's my well, feel. I would love it. Yeah. I love obviously talking about all this stuff. And, and my goal is to really help people understand astrology and understand how it's really such a useful tool for each and every one of us. And there's so much more to it. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to understand everything, but to just kind of take it with open mind, open heart, and, and use it in your own kind of path and, and, and growth. That's what's really important. Absolutely. And, you know, your passion for it is just like, it's so great to hear and, and feel. And you can tell you're just, I mean, you're just like a natural at this. So it's awesome. So how can people find you if they're interested in doing a read? Yeah. Well, you can find me. My website is ashleytracy.com. And um, I have readings up on there. I also have one of my favorite things that I do is my uh, Cosmic Soul Community. And that's my monthly membership. And it's only $11. I keep it very reasonable because I want to make it accessible to everybody. And it offers information about the transit. So for example, I go into, we do live webinars each month. And I use um, the members sample charts and we talk about, okay, where is this transiting for me? Like really to help teach this community and, and teach people how to track the transits and to understand, just like I explained to you today, like what does Mercury retrograding Scorpio mean for me, right? Yeah. And to have a better understanding. And I give them a calendar of all the moon stuff because we didn't even get to all of that. But there's just so much. And so I offer that um, 
and that you can find on my website. And yeah, I mean, you can basically find everything there. And I do a lot of, if you live in Colorado, a lot of workshops and, and collaborations with beautiful people um, that I've met along the way. And so, yeah, that's, that's where you find me. So awesome. Yay. And what's your Insta? You always do really cool little horoscope horoscopey kind of things on, on Insta yeah. too. Yeah. Every day I, I talk about what's the energy for today? Like what's going on? And so it's, Ashley Tracy underscore soul underscore centered. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. I do a lot of posts, but my daily stories, I like to touch on, Hey, this is the energy of what's going on today. Just so you're aware um, from a general perspective. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I do. So cool. I love it. Thank you, my dear. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Until next time, everyone.